MindSpark Podcast, your podcast to inspire change. Welcome to a new episode of MindSpark Podcast. My guest today is Franziska Focken. She's CEO and founder of Waves. It's a voice dating app and she's revolutionizing how people date. Hi, Franzi. It's great to have you with us. Hi, Chiara. Thanks for the invite. Happy to be here. Of course. I'm always happy to invite inspiring role models. Could you tell us a bit more about your work, Franzi? Yeah, of course. So um, I found Waves like one and a half years ago, almost a bit more. Um, and we want to change how people are dating. So like we, we see a lot of dating fatigue and frustration around dating. And we want to find a way for people to really feel that they connect and have authentic communication and great dates. And the way we facilitate this is by um, not only having pictures and texts for people, but really like adding to your normal dating profile, also like a voice snippet um, so that you actually can <laughs> feel and yeah, sense the person much more because voice is a very essential part of our personality. In fact, when you meet someone the first time, it's almost 40% of the first impression is based on voice. So we figured this is like such an important thing when I'm dating because like, I mean, I'm not interested in someone who is good in texting, <laughs> but I want someone, you know, who I have great conversations with and um, like online dating is getting bigger and bigger and like more frustrating and hard to figure out like, because the offer is just so big. So like using the voice is kind of a natural, more efficient way also to date and yeah, just be more human in like a digital context. Nice. And I agree. I, I tried it first. Uh, it was a bit stressful oh, to record know. yourself. And I was like, Ooh. but in the end, it really gives you a better understanding of the essence of a person, how they talk, how they might behave, also what they're doing when, when they record a message. Are they somewhere outside? Are they very active or are they really taking the time sitting at home preparing for that? Yeah, I think it's so much more information that you get, like what this person is also searching for, you know, even if the person is not explicitly saying it, but you, you get the vibe why the person's here. So yeah, it's just spares you a lot of bad days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I hope so. I hope so. I, I assume or I can imagine that the dating market, voice dating market, and being founder of an app is a fast-paced environment. And I wanted to ask you more about how you're setting your vision and how many times you had to pivot and adapt your course for Wave. Yeah, a lot of times. <laughs> Actually, it was not always Wave. So like the real story of Waves uh, goes three years back when I started. Mm. Um, and I was like, I had, with my co-founder at like, that time, not there anymore, <laughs> so much change. Um, so we, we were fascinated by voice, basically. I mean, imagine this was pre-Clubhouse, like podcast. I mean, there was, this was a thing. Yeah, but, you were like, pretty early. You know, it was a boom. Yeah, yeah. So I was fascinated by voice and we were looking into different business fields and actually like, honestly, the first idea that we pursued was erotic audio for women. So basically a little bit of a porn <laughs> thing, you know, not, because men are much more visual than women when it comes to sexuality, like uh, on statistics. So, and for women, you, it's more about the fantasy, et cetera, the brain that needs to get activated. 
So yeah, that was like a very fascinating field to to uh, be in. There is a lot of startups uh, in this field now. Yeah, yeah, and like there has been actually a German player also when we were looking into it, and um, yeah, we we started so we had a lot of fun. I always say it's the best research time of my life. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we were writing these stories, you know, recording them. We had like a test group of women, women with whom we would test that and get feedback on it. It was really funny. I was like, oh, please don't send me this. <laughs> please don't send me the voice, like the stories, like in the morning, because I really need to focus on work. It was really funny. Um, so yeah, so we had this testing circle and um, yeah, we, we, we saw, okay, like, this is really something. Um, but like, I mean, me coming from a B2B SaaS software kind of background, you know, I was in the banking space before, uh, I really wanted to do something that's 180 degree change. Of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 180 degree. Um, so I was, and I really saw trouble in how like how we were would be able to scale this whole sexuality because sexuality is so complex, right? Um, and then we, yeah, basically pivoted um, more into like a audio messenger space because we saw that mm. like women also we did like a lot of research and we saw that um, and then, you know, tests with them. And they also had very high um, usage of voice messages on WhatsApp or, or like any messenger. Right. Uh, but they were pretty unhappy with a lot of features. And then we started to look into it and saw that actually, I mean, yeah, this was also back when WhatsApp didn't have any voice features. Right. It was like a text oh, wow. and photo. Yeah. I mean, this was quite some time ago when I look at it now. Um, yeah, and then we were looking more into that field and so, thought, okay, can we improve anything there for, for the customers? Um, and we were seeing that actually, you know, the younger generation was uh, using voice messages like crazy. We, you know, very classic. We went into malls, really had conversations with with the young people we didn't know. It's like, hi, I have a question. We're doing an app, like very classic, you know, it was really fun actually. And then to to see very uh, emotional reactions when you would actually say the word voice messaging. So uh, a lot of people would say, like, oh, I hate voice messages. And a lot of people would say, oh, my God, I love voice messages. What is it? <laughs> uh, what I can help you with. So, yeah, this was interesting. And then we yeah, saw, okay, there is something. And we created a product where um, like we, we thought like, like sending is very easy. It's very natural. It's faster than texting for most of us. Mm. Um, and it's fun, but we really saw the problem in the receiving part. So receiving a voice message is like, ah, uh, for a lot of people, it's not so much fun, you know, when you have someone who's talking slowly or something that's not relevant to you or uh, dropping the phone and saying, ah, hi, I just met Eva. Uh, one sec. And still recording a voice. You know I mean? Um, yeah. they're, it's annoying so we tried a lot with technology to to make that better because then we thought okay if if you actually like receiving a voice message then you would also send more because you want a pleasant experience for your friends and family um so yeah we were in that field and we created a voice messenger it was called voice app mm. and people liked it and uh, was a bit of traction and then what we saw is that but voice conversation is pretty deep, right? It's not, it's much more intense and you really get the vibe of everything that's going on 
Yeah. Um, yeah, right. And with your friends, I mean, you just update yourself like so and so often, right? Like maybe once a month, maybe once a week, depending on the depth of friendship. And um, then we saw, okay, which voice messages were actually the most interesting ones to people. And which voice messages were the ones that were like listened to uh, the fastest and answered to the fastest. And like, it was very clearly a romantic uh, yeah. voice messages in that context. And then also what happened basically, because we had like a beta version, so it was closed and people w would start talking to strangers uh, that they didn't know each other. And they really liked that. And they would have this voice spirals, like very long conversations going on and had real sense of deep connection with these people. And we're really happy using the product because like voice message, I mean, then Corona hit also, right. And voice messaging was proven, a proven thing to fight loneliness also oh, and wow. yeah so but this is like how we basically then said okay how can we give more of that feeling to our users and then yeah we pivoted into dating oh, um, wow. I, I think yeah, it's quite is... impressive because you had like this vision I want to do something or the idea I want to do something with voice and then you were open yeah. enough to have a look at the feedback and what people really wanted and, you know, from a lot of, not only my perspective, a lot of people think you have this one idea as a founder and then you built it. <laughs> but I don't think this mm -hmm. is the reality, right? No, I think not for us, at least. Like, I think that you can be that kind of founder. And I, I think you have this very strong idea. I mean, now it sounds like, oh, yeah, I just went out. Of course, I had a very strong idea of what I want, but then in reality, <laughs> And you have news interviews and they're like, what? No, I don't need that. Uh, um, you know, and then you kind of, uh, but I always knew there's this little magic around audio and, you know, I needed to find like just the right spot to, uh, yeah, to begin with something to have a business there. And yeah, so I think yeah, have some openness, but still know what you want and not only listen to user feedback. I mean, it's also big learning that especially when you have a product, you cannot really 100% rely on your users when you're creating new features. Or so you always need to have this very strategic view also. Um, yeah, because otherwise you're, I don't think you're creating a very good product if you only listen to your users. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a tool or a way of prioritizing and navigating through all the feedback and all the possibilities around you? Yeah, we just really use Jira for that. Um, like, very structured you know, like, nice. yeah it's very structured like I mean we, we have tickets for everything and then we tag them and it's yeah it's helping us to you know we have everything kind of there and have tags and priorities for it and yeah that's that's how we do it nice. <laughs> how, how do you decide what comes into your gyra backlog then uh I wish I could say whatever I say <laughs> that needs to be done. This happening. No, but like, um, of course, I mean, r right now, actually, it's really nice because I only have one developer. So it's really straightforward. Uh, as you know, like we had, we, but when we were 12, and so this was, we needed to be way more structured. And of course, it was a big, like, it's much more complex already when you're 12 people, right? It's, uh, it's insane. Um, and, yeah, also, it's of course like it says this what is urgent, like something really not working, and what's the impact of it? Like, how bad are the bugs? 
Um, and then, of course, always like for now, we're like you have this one North Star metric, and then always the ticket that like contributes the most to it. Um, so for us, it's now profitability. Um, so we want to monetize our user base. So um, for us, everything that goes into that space uh, has prior. Okay, exciting. Very excited to see what new features are coming up. Yes, yes, yeah. it's really exciting. <laughs> Franzi, now that I have you here, and I I know you as a very charismatic person that is full of energy, you're a person that can motivate the people around you, excite them. Can you share with us a bit more how you set yourself up for success and what you're doing behind your CEO role to make sure you're keeping this source of energy? Yeah, oh, that's such a good question. Um, yeah, asking I for think, a friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's so important to be aware of this at first that you actually like what's your strength. And I would say, yeah, this is like one of my strengths, right? With my energy to motivate and guide kind of my team. Um, so honestly, making sure. I just get some kind of rest. <laughs> uh, this is really so important. And I, I don't say that I always manage it completely. Um, but really like do the one thing that really sparks joy, right? At least one thing like this, this can be a dinner with friends, can be a walk in the park, something that's basically really mostly non-work related. So because where I know I really feel okay, I, I, you know, I get energy from this so that I can take this energy and give it to, to others and, and to, to the purpose I'm working on. Um, and yeah, not having too much social activities in a day <laughs> <laughs> because I tend to, yeah, really have like, oh, a lunch here or on a coffee. Of course, I'll have a coffee and oh, dinner. Yeah, founders dinner. Great. Of course, I'll be there. <laughs> Sounds super interesting. Uh, I love people. I mean, I have a dating app because I'm so interested <laughs> in people and right, like it's really my nature. Um, but yeah, if you always just, yeah, go around so you don't have time to focus on yourself. And I feel that I can't be my best self then, but it's tough to say no sometimes. I like that. And, and I can relate a lot <laughs> to that. It's also my <laughs> challenge at the moment. And I think it relates a lot to the, you, your cup has to be full before you can pour it into others and, you know, support your team, support your business in a way. Yeah. I mean, when I look into this really, really stressful times that I had, um, I mean, I was working like crazy and um, also you know, then being so stressed, <laughs> this doesn't really add for best decisions, I think. I mean, now it's a bit more, it's not that stressful. It's easy to say. <laughs> um, I know there will be more stressful times ahead again, but I hope that like every time I have one of these very stressful phases, mostly it's like when fundraising or when really shit hits the fan um, in another way. <laughs> um that you know i hope that it's not just a crazy roller coaster but every spiral down you know you take a little bit of a learning and i take like a little bit uh yeah the the i learn a little bit more next time to also recognize it better and step back when i see okay oh this is happening these are the first signs for example for me it's 
I'm a stressful eater. So when I eat a lot, like without like really, you know, being present and, you know, yeah. uh, cherishing it. So it's like, oh, this is, for example, for me, like a warning sign. Like, oh, this is like that. I, am I really hungry? I, I just think I'm having stress and I'm eating. So something like this, I know I've learned to recognize it more. So these are the first warnings that I maybe should take a break or have a walk in the park to, to get, uh, yeah, get a bit more relaxation because then you have better thoughts. And I think, yeah, it's not about working harder, but smarter for me, at least. <laughs> I, yeah. I have the tendency to just, you know, I want to dive in and just get stuff done. So for me, it's really like, okay, take a breath, think first, <laughs> and then yeah. take the action. And and I fully agree. And I think a lot of us are stuck in this cycle of thinking we're so productive, but at some point we're not able to differentiate, are we really doing the right thing or are we just doing random things to take them off the list? And I think what you're saying is a lot about having this awareness when the cycle starts and then being able to take a step back because you understand the patterns and the signs so you don't get trapped in this situation. Yeah. And you've been enough times down and you know what the consequences are that you're actually not helping anyone, not yourself, not the business, not any employees. Um, but yeah, everyone's more happy when you're also happy. So I think it's also good learning to, to see, uh, how it's working well. Yeah. And, and I think you also have a lot of, of a function as a, uh, sorry, I think you definitely also have to function as a role model for your team, but for everyone around you, because if you're the founder, I think also your behavior and stress level is easy reflected upon your employees and the people around you working with. At least it's something that I realize in my environment. And I'm like, why is nobody focused? Why is everyone so stressed? <laughs> because they're probably like, oh, maybe it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a good, <laughs> yeah, that's a very good observation. I think it's it's very true. I mean, but kind of nothing in my life has brought me like to the boundaries. I have pushed my boundaries so much like being a founder. So yeah, it's so, just sometimes so tough. And then, yeah, I'm just can't, can't help but, but being stressed or in a bad mood. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you always learn from it and get even tougher. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about your ups and downs on your journey as a founder, because I, I find it quite remarkable how you went through all the highs and lows of your founding journey. And I think recently you, you had another great learning opportunity that <laughs> helped you to accelerate your personal growth. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as I, as I mentioned, like, um, yeah, the whole journey, the journey, the whole founding journey started like three years ago and yeah right like with my co-founder julian and along the way we did fundraising we hired employees and at the beginning of this year um we were 12 people and it went everything went really well um for waves like uh, we had user, user growth we we had raised like um not decent decent capital for us and then um yeah like we we were in growth mode right and looked like um a big big dating company wanted actually to to acquire us so and we haven't been live for more than one year so this was crazy right yeah, it's giving it's me goosebumps so nice. because yeah i've seen you during this time and i was like wow oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it was really really crazy right and we were all excited and 
um, yeah, we negotiated terms, we did due diligence, and you know, we had all these meetings, we met in person, la la la. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, also we needed to inform the team because, I mean, that was always my, our philosophy, like every single employee also has, um, you know, stakes in the company. And it was always because it was getting a risky decision because, um, like, the the money was getting uh, tight, right? We didn't have so much runway left. And was basically uh, kind of also a big gamble of, of our side to to decide, okay, we, do we really want this? Because the other opportunities then were were kind of fading away. Well, and then we had th- three months, uh, three months, <laughs> I wish, uh, three weeks of money left. And um, then this company calls and tells me, well, ah, uh, we can't do it. Oof. Yeah, I mean, this was such a tough call to to get. Um, I remember that was, it was kind of dramatic because uh, the person was calling from the US. So it was kind of middle of the night here and I was standing on the balcony. And, oh, my God. Uh, oh my God. I really like the person said the words. I was like, okay. I, I couldn't even really react. I said, okay, I, will. I even told I can't react right now. Um, I will have questions. Uh, I will call you back. Um, and then I hung up and I think I cried for half an hour straight. Oof. And yeah, I mean, it was just crazy, right? Like everything we worked for basically crushed. And yeah, I knew that it's going to be really uh, difficult to get money or anything. And oh, it was just a bad feeling. But yeah. And then, yeah, I basically called my co-founder and middle of the night, we already made plans, like how, how are we going to react to this? And then, yeah, next day we told the team and uh, then we all met together and like really as a team, we went through all the options that we had. So uh, it was being crazy, like becoming an agency and, uh, you know, making enough money to sustain the product and really from, you know, every, we, we had every single thought we we gave it a shot and then at the end we said but no we're, we're not an agency like we we're here and we believe in this product so much it's not you know we have so many options in life so we want to work on this product or nothing and yeah and then we decided together that it's best to yeah like that we fire everyone <laughs> And it was like such a weird situation because, you know, I never had this like a group of 12 people and it was really like a common thing. And then we said, okay, then we're right on the right contract. And yeah, it was crazy. And then, yeah, we let everyone go and we opened a bottle of uh, something, champagne or something. <laughs> it was really weird. And had drinks on that. And yeah, um, the team was amazing. Um, yeah. And then, it was yeah it was crazy like it was so sad and tough and um because yeah it was a bit weird this time then what happened then uh yeah we had a lot of calls our investors and you know i was just really in survival mode i was just really it was such a tough time um because then it got clear that also my co-founder julian didn't really believe anymore in the product um, and that we can make it. And, you know, we've really been a t- team like this whole time. So um, for me, it was 
difficult to even imagine like yeah. a company without him. Um, but yeah, then it became clear that he he's not on it anymore in a very dramatic investor call where he was just being himself. That <laughs> <laughs> was iconic. I think no no investor will ever forget about this call. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you know Julian, he's like really like so fast paced with his brain, so. You know, he's much faster than anyone I know in like processing things. So he was already with his head at the next company. You know, when we all were still in crisis survival mode, he has already, you know, okay, they're done next. He's so oh, wow. like a child, so easy going. You know, he has no attachment to anything, which is looks like for others, like completely um, careless and like ego and like, he did, like he doesn't care about anything and he's not reliable but yeah so this was the, as you can imagine when we had this crisis call with our investors where basically we were or i was asking for my money and he was already with his head totally somewhere else offering them shares for his next company <laughs> too we had this call i couldn't believe it myself that he was saying this i told him before not to say it because i knew he's like this and i knew uh what he was gonna do but i was so tired of fighting with him i was like okay do whatever you want and um yeah so he did this and yeah then he left the company uh, because i told him afterwards like look julian i mean this was really crazy like and then he was like oh yeah you're right <laughs> when i explained him and then he was like, okay yeah this makes sense i can't and, uh, <laughs> what was your biggest <laughs> learning after all of this? <laughs> this sounds like a telenovela. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, you know, like this was in the beginning of the year, and now it's like kind of end of the year, and then what's now it's kind of I raised the money again, you know, and now I'm doing waves on my own with one developer. Um, what's my biggest learning? You can also share two oh, or three. So many. <laughs> um, in a way, I don't think that we did anything crazy wrong, you know. So it was like a crazy big gamble, and we lost it. So, but startup is a gamble, in a way, especially yeah. like a consumer social startup. So it's not that I said, oh, I would have done everything completely differently. Also, the reason why they didn't invest, like kind of a crisis and they needed to would have like invested from their cash flow and they would have like our growth would have been financed by their cash flow which of course is a bit risky right like looking at mm. ukraine etc so you know it was didn't was wasn't related to us really so um yeah i think the only thing i think i needed to go through this but it be yeah, listen more to to my gut feeling. I yeah. think this is something. Um, I don't think that I would have like separated from my co-founder earlier. Um, but I mean, yeah, this this very extreme <laughs> end for us too. Um, which sorry, it was just very funny. This call. This is why I'm laughing. Um, it's. It was something that was going on like a long time before, but I don't know what really 
I mean, we were talking about it, but um, yeah, hard to tell if we could have done everything anything different. Um, but yeah, and another learning is just to yeah surround yourself with good friends. Also have a life outside of work. Um, that's really helped in this time. Um, because I really needed to separate myself from my work. Frenzy is not waves. It yeah. was a tough one. I mean, when you dedicate all your life basically to this, and then it kind of like in your eyes fails. Um, yeah, what well, you need quickly need to detach from it to in order to not get depressed or something, right? Yeah, um, I mean, you said you were in crisis resolving mode in a way, but from what I heard, I had the feeling you were very fast able to pick yourself up. And I guess this also means that you have some grit, some resilience in a way, maybe through your friends, but also through your lifestyle that you don't take it as personal as maybe some people would take it because it has been your baby. And as you said, there was no obvious reason what you did wrong. So it was just, you know, bad luck, not meant to be in this situation. So I think that's something very hard to accept. You know, if there's yeah. not just one reason, right? Yeah, really. Like, of course, uh, as you may imagine, I thought about this a lot. I <laughs> talked a lot <laughs> about this with people. And um, yeah, I, I always like to talk <laughs> about these you know, things with my dad and you know he's not like he's also a risk taker but not he always tells me oh my friends i'm not taking as much of a risk as you are taking <laughs> so he said also like you know he took a risk and it didn't work out well that's life but it's Just nice would you do it again yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like it <laughs> i would do it again because it was such a great journey and still is right yet now it's very different from what it used to be um but i i feel like i have become an adult an adult as a founder <laughs> now <laughs> being a single mom <laughs> no but we i feel like grown up doing my the company running it on myself and it feels really good um and yeah, also knowing, you know, I totally can run a company by myself. Maybe also, you know, before I I was a little bit afraid, I didn't feel ready for that, but now I am. And that's, that's really cool. That's amazing. You matured. Something that I really like that you mentioned, said like uh, the day after when you met with the team, that you spoke about all the opportunities, you decided to let everyone go and then you had a <laughs> bottle of champagne or something. Um, so, so I really like this perspective of like celebrating what has been and, you know, just accepting the reality in a way. And I think this says a lot about how you set up your team and how involved everyone was. Can you? Yeah. yeah. In fact, they still are. So like I, I have one paying employee, but actually like most of them are still working like, you know, just on kind of freelance style for shares. So I think this is really like something very special and I deeply, I'm so glad and thankful everyone that they're still contributing because we were really hiring on per, like for purpose, right? We were really all aligning um, what we did. Like actually one week before this, what happened? Uh, yeah, this big uh, mass hiring, <laughs> but in a very nice way with champagne. Um happened actually we did like a, a very like mind-blowing workshop like everyone is still saying this was so so amazing we did like um i guess you've read like the big five for life the book uh 
So I, I heard about, of it, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's basically what you're doing a lot, right? And we really did like a purpose uh, workshop for them, uh, really finding their personal purpose. And I remember like how I, I would love the book and I love the concept of it. Um, but also as a founder, I was like afraid of the truth, right? Like what if like their goals don't align to what we offer them? And this was like a fear also I needed to overcome um, and to say, okay, well, look, then it's not the best place for them. Then they need to do their thing and um, that's okay. I love that. And it was that's very, very strong. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very nice during this workshop that I personally held. Um, like how actually, but it, like it's for some people, waves was directly tied into what they wanted to achieve in life um you know like being having like a amazing app that i designed from scratch like when i'm a designer for example you know it was really something they wanted to achieve for being featured in you know the app store or something you know but then there were goals that you know we couldn't contribute anything to like having a house in italy or something <laughs> um or it's being or, or others like yeah and um and it was nice to to but then find still find a way actually to to make to understand that person what that person wishes where that person wants to be for example having a house in italy well okay but then you need some money to get there <laughs> to be able to afford that house i guess so still so money was a big driver for that person you know and um it was so so beautiful to share this all as a team um and really and so and a lot of people actually wanted to travel it was this was the number one thing on, on the uh, list of people and when this then happened like i think now half of the team is traveling in the world <laughs> and they're so thankful that we kind of made it visible to them so yeah it was a it was a nice goodbye thing yeah and and this is <laughs> Um, the, the fun fact is like this week I did a team purpose workshop on exactly that. And mm. it's of course also proven by research that organizations that are purpose led and purpose driven outperform all other organizations, not only that, but also if your employee's purpose is connected to the overall teams or purpose as an organization, everything becomes so strong and meaningful because you have intrinsic motivated people that love what they're doing. And I think that's a very strong environment to foster. Can I ask you, Francie, what is your advice being in this leadership role? What do you think what you did made your team become such a strong team? I think I was really looking to, okay, who's this person? Understanding like, where does this person want to go? What are the strengths of this person? Mm -hmm. And then having understood this also finding a way with everyone to communicate frequently about that and having really tough but honest feedback sessions i, I like think that. this is like really my biggest contribution and I, it also really feels like a contribution because for some people it's not easy to give feedback um because it's like deep personal emotional issues that they have but that causes like sometimes weird behavior in the workplace. Um, sometimes they're aware of it um, and maybe in therapy for this, but still you need to address it. You can't like accept everything just because someone is in therapy or something. Right. 
Um, yeah. And like, I've, we had a very nice environment uh, where like, I think half of the team <laughs> was in therapy um, and, and was open about it, right? And like others would get inspired by this, also look into their topics was really really nice um and like we had this instant feedback culture this is something we really fostered so and that employees said they have never um seen this anywhere like, like executed like this so really there was anything was going on could have been something nice something bad um but we really wanted to everyone instantly address it so of course not instantly i'm in a meeting and something's <laughs> happening but <Yeah. laughs> uh, okay so really after that meeting pull that person aside directly afterwards we said like me like maximum 24 hours right should be kind of directly after it and address it because you you actually show love by doing this right and we're a company on about love Oh, and, I love um, this, how you phrase it. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's nothing bad. So when you actually take the time and energy to tell that person that you think this was not, I don't know, good enough, you say it in a nice way. Um, and we actually, you know, we had like half of our, half, more than half our team was a tech team. So, I mean, yeah, uh, they by, <laughs> I don't know by nature, but they were not like the best communicators, right? Yeah. So we needed to um, educate everyone on how to give feedback. And we had like workshops on that. And I think this really contributed greatly to, to our leadership, but to everyone's leadership. And because they would do it the same way with me and with others, right? It was really, really nice. That's amazing. Purpose-driven feedback culture direct communication, also a sense of psychological safety that you can share. Sounds like the recipe for a high-performing team. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah. have another question for you. The question that I like to ask all my guests around taking action, because I believe that change comes from taking action. And therefore, I also want to ask you, what is your greatest advice or piece of feedback that you can share with our listeners to practice? It could be a quote, some secret sauce, whatever you think it, it helps them to get better day by day. For me, it's really my morning routine. Mm. Every single morning, doing like starting the day with doing something for myself. Um, over the last years, it definitely has evolved. Um, the one thing that stayed the same is journaling. I'm really okay. trying to always write my morning pages. It helps to get the mind clear, get clear what you really want. In this last year, I changed meditation, yoga to tapping. I really love it. Uh -huh. It's a technique that combines um, like kind of a manifestation mantras with your body so you kind of mm. you know you tap on your head and your chest um and say like whatever you like are manifesting and i found this for me was really transformational so i think it's a really nice technique to to check out there's lots of research online eft yeah. uh, emotional freedom technique i think it's really common and so easy to do um and for me it really because we we are as a we are we, everyone tends to overthink stuff yeah. <laughs> and like we we're not spending so much time in our bodies and so I feel there's a really quick practice to connect with my body which I 
feels important uh, for being a good leader and uh, a good person every day. Amazing. Thank you so much. Do you have any other last sentence or summary, something that you want to share with us wrapping our nice conversation up, Nancy? Um, yeah, I would love everyone to have fun. Have fun because where the fun lies, there's authenticity and bliss. And I think that's always a good guidance, actually, to have fun and feel good about what you're doing. I fully agree. Oh, it was awesome that we have this conversation. Very excited to have you as a guest. And thank you for sharing all your wisdom and insights and especially opening up about also the downsides of being a CEO and founder. Sure. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. Very, very welcome. MindSpark Podcast, your podcast to inspire change. Don't forget to dream big and have impact. It's a journey. If you like my work, you can leave me a good rating and share this episode with friends and colleagues or whoever would benefit from this MindSpark. And follow MindSpark on Instagram under mindspark.academy. Take care and see you for the next episode.